Hello all you bookworms and welcome to Oh for the Love of Books, a show that gives you a bit of narration from the books I read or ones you suggest for me to read on my show. I'm your host Jessica Vickery and thank you for joining me on this journey. So today we're going to continue with chapter seven from J.R. Ward claimed. This may be the last chapter I narrate from this book for now. But if you want to continue the journey, grab the book. You won't be disappointed. Chapter 7 The following morning, Lydia was the first person in the WSP's building. As she opened the front door, the burnt smell was unmistakable, but not pronounced, and she quickly put in the code to the alarm. Rushing back to her office, she flipped the lights on and went around to her chair. Down on the floor under her desk, in the tin, her computer tower was showing no signs of life, even though it was plugged in and had been left on. The sharp smell of the metallic plastic and metal made her rubber nose. Sitting down on the carpet, she closed her gritty, red-rimmed eyes. She'd been so worried that the fire would break out and spread through the whole facility that after she and Rick had left, she'd come right back. Tucking her car behind the equipment garage, she settled in for the dawn. Her L.L. Bean sleeping bag had kept her toasty enough, but her back hadn't appreciated her driver's seat as a bed. And then... There had been the constant monitoring. She expected at any moment for there to be a Hollywood-worthy explosion, orange and yellow flames breaking out everywhere, her wolf's tenacious life in danger, her bursting in to save him, the only reason he survived. When the veil had finally arrived, and then dawn had come, she pulled out from her hidey hole and gone back home for a quick shower and an old banana and a slice of toast that made her realize her chicken pot pie was still in the damn car. What a waste. The cough came from her doorway as she snapped to attention. Tilting to the side, she looked around her desk and flushed, like she'd spontaneously become sunburned. Oh, it's you, she said. Good morning. Daniel Joseph covered his mouth with his fist and coughed again. Then he waved his hand around. Everything okay in here? My, uh... She slipped up to her chair and pointed under her desk. My computer had a barbecue last night and ate itself. Daniel came around with a fluidity that seemed at odds with his size and strength. And as he knelt down and drew out the tin... She took a moment to breathe in deep. Yep, same cologne. And while she was trying not to sniff too much, he let out another cough as he yanked the electrical cord free of the back. I promise you, she said, my office doesn't always smell bad. I make no guarantees about our strawberry fields forever bathroom, however. It's okay. He pulled out the tray. And I'm not a computer expert, but this thing is dead. It's been on its last legs for a while, 
I put it in the tin a while ago because I was afraid. He looked up. Of exactly what happened? Of exactly what happened. She flushed as their eyes met. Snap. He sat back on his heels, balancing his arm on the desktop. Hey, can you explain the snap thing to me? Like, what's with the snap? Well, two people. Say the same thing? Say the same thing. At the same time? He finished. Snap. Yep. And that's it? Now that you mention it, it's like your cousin Louis's punchline. Falls flat and doesn't make a lot of sense. He smiled ever so slightly. Uncle Louis. Sorry, uncle, not cousin. And just like that, time slowed, then stopped altogether. As Lydia stared into those incendiary hazel eyes of his, she had a thought in the back of her head that he was so big. Their faces were on the same level even though he was down on one knee. She also knew that if he leaned forward and she did the same, their lips would meet. Pull out of this right now, she told herself. And yet she stayed right where she was, and so did he. Which made her wonder if he was thinking the same thing she was. How can I help? He said in a husky voice. Lydia shook her head. I'm sorry, what? Oh, with the computer. Uh, I'm good. It's fine. I mean, it's not fine. It's lawn sculpture. But I'll get another one to use. As her voice drifted off, she reflected that people really didn't meet each other's stares very often, did they? At least not like this. That's a really ugly lawn. Huh? She tried to catch up with their conversation. Oh, right, I made a joke. But don't worry, it wasn't that funny. I wouldn't know. And yet he smiled as he got to his feet. So where do you want me to start? Talk about a loaded question. And now that Daniel was back on the vertical, it was impossible not to have her eyes travel up his body. He had on dark blue jeans again and another flannel shirt, and the same loose leather jacket he'd put next to him on the seat in the diner the night before. Yet everything seemed like a revelation. No, a revelation in men's fashion. Okay, she was losing it. How's your bike doing? She blurted out. Good, I guess. I'm waiting for Paul to call and bring it over. So you really did walk to work? Sure did, Lydia frowned. Paul isn't waiting for a UPS delivery for that part he needs by any chance. He said one of his buddies was passing through and was bringing it. Good, you've got half a chance, Lydia held up her forefinger. A piece of advice? Don't ask Candy about deliveries. You'll barely make it out of the conversation alive. At this point? I think UPS avoids us because they're scared of her. Good tip, thanks. And as far as starting, the security lights are out, she said. In front of the building and all down the side. Let me take you to the equipment building where the bulbs are. 
There's also a leak in the roof out there I'd like you to take a look at. Then later today, we'll go over the map of trails and I'll show you where the broken bridges are. I was out in the preserve earlier this week taking an inventory. Oh, and the ATV has a leak in the fuel tank. Or at least that's what the sheriff said when he towed it back yesterday. I'll handle everything. She got to her feet. You know, I really like your attitude. As well as the size of your shoulders, she thought to herself. As she came around the desk, she tripped on the toe of her trail shoe, and Daniel caught her arm as her weight lurched forward. You okay? He said as their eyes met once again. Oh, I'm fine. God, he smelled good. Thanks. A head of short pink hair whipped around into the doorway and stopped dead. Lydia yanked back. Hi, Candy. Well, I was going to ask what was on fire. Daniel Joseph is going to be joining us as our new groundskeeper starting today. Lydia tried to smile while also shooting, don't you dare finish that fire comment signals. Peter hired him last night. Did he? From his baka lounge at home? The woman lifted an eyebrow. Multitasking with a bowl of popcorn on his lap while he surfs Netflix? Wow. So what was burning in here? Okay, wow. Candy was so going to need a refresher on office doctrine. My computer spontaneously combusted. Lydia muttered. Well, Mr. Waynes is free. Take his. Cause guess what? What? He's not coming in again. I just got a message on my voicemail. The woman turned away. I'm starting coffee if anybody needs it. Two hours later, the sun was warm on Daniel's back as he hammered nails on the equipment building cedar roof. The structure was big enough to house a family of four and even had a galley kitchen and a shower. It was also a museum and an archaeological dig and a hardware store. There were jelly jars full of every nail or screw that Daniel had ever seen. Tools that ranged from the generic, like hammers and screwdrivers, to the obscure and possibly medical, as far as he could tell. There was also a mother load of two-by-fours, plywood sheets, concrete blocks, random tree trunks, and a set of stairs. Three mystery trunks that he had yet to open, and the carcass of a Chevy big block that seemed to be used as a cup holder. Everything had a coating of dust on it, but nothing didn't work. Well, except for the hollowed-out car engine, and again, even that was functional. Its piston holes plugged with slurpy plastic cups that were stained red. So, yep, he found the roll of tar paper he needed to patch the hole in the roof, along with the necessary hammer and nail combo. And three spare shingles to replace the ones that had been storm-damaged. The movement registered over to the left, and he stopped in mid-swing, his keen eyes tracking the intrusion into his visual field. On the far side of the building, a figure emerged out into the sunlight, crossed to the shallow porch balustrade, 
and staring through the trees to the valley's distant lake. His body knew who it was before his eyes informed him. It was Lydia Susie. And that was a problem. Just like the moment they had had at her desk, and the one from the night before, and the instant he'd first met her. As his thoughts devolved into a crystal clear image of her sitting in her office chair and looking up his body, he was unaware of lowering the hammer. The good news was that his mind moved on from that once over she'd given him. The bad news was that he'd merely traded that for a preoccupation with the woman herself as she leaned into the railing and continued to focus on the far off. The view was obscured, or at least hers was. His was just fine, considering he didn't care about the lake down below or the mountains on the other side of the valley. Nope. The woman was enough of a landscape for him. Everything from her profile to her shoulders and back to the curve of her ass and her long legs, more than enough for his eyes to linger on. And he decided it was a shame she traded her running tights in for loose trail pants with pockets on the sides. Yet her mood was also something to take a note of. Even as the warm breeze toyed with the blonde wisps around her face, the birds chirped sweetly beside her. She was a steady in conflict. She was clearly arm-wrestling with something or someone in her head. And he wondered if it was herself. She'd lied about putting the computer in the tin days before. He'd watched her do that last night. Kind of ironic that he'd been spying on her while she'd obviously been setting up her tower to self-destruct overnight. Putting the hammer down, he hand-and-footed it down the roof slope and jumped off over the gutter, landing on the ground with a bounce. As he walked to the main building, he jacked up his jeans and ran a hand through his hair. His boots were heavy, but he made sure they were silent. As he hit the damp gravel, and when he transitioned onto the grass, he lowered his head so that, as he passed in front of the windows of the waiting room, that receptionist with the pink hair would think he was busy with something important. Not a lie. Lydia wanted him. Physically, that was. And he was going to have to use that to his advantage. But he also wanted her. So he was going to have to be careful. And in this, they were a pair. He too was wrestling with himself. Snap. As he stepped up onto the porch, he continued to be quiet because he wanted her to remain focused. Because he wanted to study her for a bit longer. He also felt the need to be in control of both of them. See something out of place? He said when he was ready. His target wheeled around and put her hand to the base of her throat. I didn't hear you. Sorry I snuck up on you. It's okay. She looked back out at the view. I'm just jumpy. He stayed silent, giving her the space to tell him something anything, because he was curious to see what she'd come up with for conversation. When she just seemed to get lost in the lake view again, he gave her a nudge. 
Is it what was in the newspaper this morning? She pivoted to him and looked up through the dappling sunlight, her brown eyes catching the golden illumination so that her irises were the color of whiskey. How fitting, he thought remotely. A man could get drunk on them. Not him, though. He might catch a buzz, but there'd be no under-the-influence, much less intoxication, for Daniel Joseph. I saw it in the break room, he murmured, the front page of the newspaper. I read the article on the hunter who was found not far from here. It was a good four miles into the preserve. Like I said, it's around the block compared to the Canadian border. You're not in any danger working here, if that's what you're worried about. I'm not scared. She considered him for a moment and pushed a loose curl out of her face. Maybe you should be. Wolves are wild animals. Their rules are their own. Let me amend that statement. Fear is a creation of the mind. It's an eternal fiction. He puts his palms up. If you refuse to believe in it, it's fire without oxygen, a spark without kindling. Her eyes return to the view of the water and the mountain opposite them. You haven't met true evil yet, and I commend you for your luck. You're not looking at the lake, are you? It's that thing on the mountain, that building site. Abomination, she muttered, an absolute eyesore. Daniel joined her at the rail. So that's where the hotel is going, huh? Not if I can help it. A harsh laugh came out of her, and I can't. So that's your evil? They're taking things they don't have a right to, and before you throw out something like, hey, they own that property, they can build whatever they want on it, I'll stop you right there. They're poisoning my wolves on my property, which is more than illegal. Murder of animals in the first degree. Angry eyes swung his way. You think this is funny? I have no sense of humor, remember? And I'm not expressing an opinion. I'm just trying to clarify yours. I don't get involved with business that isn't my own. Well, sometimes you have to get involved because it's the only way you can sleep at night. She cleared her throat. Or I suppose you can go through life not connected to anything, floating above it all as you skip from place to place. I'd argue that kind of insulation doesn't keep you warm. It keeps you numb. But what do I know, right? The sliding glass door opened behind them, the pink-haired receptionist leaning out. Lydia, the executive director is he and he wants to see you in his office. Peter's on site? Shock registered on the woman's face. I thought he wasn't coming in. Not that she was his, Daniel pointed out to himself. Surprise, surprise, and he wants a royal audience with you, you lucky dog. Lydia ducked her head and went inside. As she slid the glass door closed, he thought she would look back. 
she didn't. Left on his own, Daniel narrowed his eyes on the construction site across the valley. If only she knew the truth, he thought with a hard smile. The wolves were more than just his business to get involved in, but he needed to keep that to himself for the duration of his stay, especially from the likes of her. So next week, I'm starting a new journey with a new author I came across, and I think you will enjoy it. Well, that concludes my episode for today. I want to thank you all for taking the time to listen to me talk. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. If you like my podcast, please subscribe to my show or send me an email to justvicvoice at outlook.com. That's J-E-S-S-B-I-C-V-O-I-C-E at outlook.com with suggestions of books for me to read on the show. Thank you again, and please join me next week on Oh, for the Love of Books. And as always, dream big and keep reading.